Hello, and welcome to day two of A Year of War and Peace. Today we read volume one, part one, chapter two. So Anna Swa- Anna. What pa- the fuck is your name? Oh, my name is Brett. <laughs> I'm Logan. <laughs> and... <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man, it's my first time here, okay? Hey, I'm new, my first I'm time doing whole, the I'm intro. I'm doing this whole thing. Uh, so to... to Anna Pavlovna's soiree begins. We get oh, a, it's 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 swaying. It's it's soireeing. We get a we get a host of new characters right yes. out the gate here. Yes, uh, Prince Vasily is joined by two of his children who were mentioned last chapter, mm-hmm. Helene and Prince Hippolyte. Both come to the party, and we get an introduction to Prince Andre, who we haven't met yet. His wife, Lisa Bolkonsky, mm-hmm. who was also mentioned in the previous chapter. She gets a Lovely little paragraph talking about how how beautiful and charming and her like her her, her downy little lip and and her lovely smile and her and, plump shoulders and her plump bare shoulders. Oh God, her those bare Russians, shoulders. Those Russians love a bare shoulder. Too. That, they actually created the U.S. standard for dress code where girls were not allowed to wear tank tops because it, it, of their bare shoulders. It, this is this is true. Harken, this is the origins of that. It harkens back to Petersburg days. Mm, oh my! Oh my Petersburg days! Oh my days. Petersburg days! I look, I look upon them fondly. We also have two characters who are introduced in this as the as the stars of the soiree, some uh, foreign immigrants who are here at Anna Pavlovna's, the Viscount, the French Viscount Mortemart. I loved his Mortemart the Viscount. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. And the Abbey Morio. French and Italian mm-hmm. uh, guests, and Pierre. respectively. Pierre's also and here. And at the end of the chapter, Pierre, as well. What hottest, I find character, hottest character in War and Peace. The hottest guy in War and Peace. He shows up. Rawr. War and Peace's hottest club is Anna Pavlovna's. Is Anna Pavlovna's house. <laughs> is Anna Pavlovna's soiree. <laughs> what I love about this book is is the way that I like I like the way that Tolstoy writes soirees and gatherings and yeah. parties. I like the way he writes the people who host them. Yeah, how Anna is like she's she's stressed. She's just going around she's, like, and it, I think it comes more into play. Well, you'll see it a lot throughout the book. There's a lot of parties, but the way that she's like going from group to group, and there's all these like invisible social codes, and she's pairing people up. This is literally though what it's like to host a party. Like as someone who has since moving into my own home has hosted several functions Mm -hmm. i won't call them soirees i will call them functions at my home with i have three other roommates and so we all invite our friends and like some of them overlap but a lot of the times like our coworkers and stuff just do not and trying to find like people to have people you know but don't know anyone else there talk to Mm. is like a social skill that i have had to learn Mm. it is crazy trying to figure out like how to how to pass people off right for lack of a better term not that i don't want to talk to them but like pass them off in like a social situation yeah 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 i i get what miss anna's going through here been there i understand her Perhaps one of the silliest things in this chapter though is the fact that everyone has to go talk to anna's great aunt right (laughs) <laughs> like they have to they go there but they have to listen to her great aunt speak for like two minutes out of and politeness. her aunt isn't even named it's not even a name no it's she's, not even, just, she's just she's just the there and she's there and she rambles about what does it even say what she, she's just rambling about nonsense for a little bit i actually 
Oh, commenting on their health, her own health, or the health of Her Majesty, who by now, thank God, was feeling better. Oh. And that's a direct quote. Yeah, the little things that I, this is this is one of those little moments that makes me realize I would not have been very good as a as a Russian aristocrat because all these little invisible social rules you have to follow, or else you're you're insulting people or doing the wrong thing or or whatever. I would have been a Pierre, like I'm gonna I be. Well. I would have been a Pierre. I as well in, in Russian. I would high not society. have. I would not have talked to that aunt. I would not have been an Anna. No. I understand her and I can see her struggle, but I could I could never have been an Anna. No, no I, I would. I no, would, no, no, I would no, no. Okay, Pierre, let's talk Introdu- about him. Pierre has been introduced. I feel like he's he's, he's a, the hottest character in War. He's the hottest character. Okay, I thought he was like six five and like ninety pounds. No, apparently I, that's not true. So in, in most depictions I've seen, at least Pierre is is depicted as as overweight. That's just not what I was expecting. Wait, show, I was going to say, wait, show me a picture of him. Like he was some guy that you could look up on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know why I pictured him in my head as like this like awkward, doesn't know how to, where to put his limbs, but in like a, in a gangly way. Mm. How tall is he? I don't know. He's massive. Yeah, so Pierre has returned from his education abroad. Oh, he's one of those... He's one of those students that He's, studies abroad. He is, and he comes back as the most college student guy ever. He immediately picks a picks a fight with the the Abbey, the esteemed guest here, and says his his plan for world peace is stupid. Pierre is the most college student ever, like the most college student who just studied abroad ever. I never studied abroad, so, but I do think that it's interesting that. They use French, or Tolstoy uses French as a mode for class, almost, and like the type of French that they speak, mm. and the the dialect of French that they speak. All while they hate the Frenchman, mm-hmm. Napoleon. Napoleon. Like they hate him. Yeah. But they're like, I'm speaking French that harkens back to my grandparents, so <laughs> I am like the it girl. Yeah. So. French at this time was the like common language of Europe. So yes. every aristocrat would learn their like late, their native language and then they would learn French and all the people from Germany or Italy or Spain or to Russia, they all spoke French. That I did know. And in fact, the lingua franca is a, is Latin, I think almost literally for French language. What is lingua franca? So, why is that why is that relevant to me? So a lingua a lingua franca is like a common language. It is the language that oh, people learn to yeah. communicate with people from other nations. So today you would call English the lingua franca because so many people know it. So many people learn it as a second language. It's such a common like like a go Dub dub for the English. Dub for the English. Guess who wins the war between England and France? <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> but um, yeah. So a lingua today English is a lingua franca, which is ironic because lingua franca is, I think, literally Latin for French language. So it was the it was the common language spoken throughout Europe. Yeah. So here, even even though the French Revolution's happened and Napoleon's angry, that tradition think, is. Still, I just think that it's it feels. Maybe this is be- this is something that I'm assigning to the book, just like I'm assigning the critique of high society, mm-hmm. like through the irony of these characters, is 
the irony of French being this like primary language that is used to show class. Yeah. Whereas like that feels like, and then the reason they hate Napoleon is his like objection to class and to tradition. Right. And I just think it's very interesting that that this tradition is grounded in French. It is. And well, you are certainly not assigning that on the book. Um, there, There is a exploration in the book of Russia's relationship to, to French. The French language is like a very important part of the book. And in the original text, the, all this dialogue that is tagged here as they said in French or they said mm-hmm. in French is in, written in French. Tolstoy wrote this in Russian and French. So all that dialogue is originally in French with Russian narration between it. And some English translations preserve the French. So you'll have English and then French dialogue. Mm. So this translation doesn't. Obviously, it brings it all into English. But the presence of the French language is a very... It's a very intentional part of the book that's very present, especially early on. It's very in the, in the In the beginning sort of soirees. Yeah. They definitely make like a... They make a, a note of it. In my notes, I just have... Pierre with two hearts next to it, and then he's so me though. <laughs> <laughs> Pierre is great. Pierre is, Pierre is dude. He's so, he is who I would be at this function. He's wonderful. Like I don't. I wouldn't want to talk to the old lady. <laughs> I would. I would probably get upset, and would probably end up picking a fight with someone, but not in a college student way. Some just Italian in like dude. A, Some Italian. And like a, I don't really want to be here. I'm just here because he's literally. The guy that's like, I'm just here because my friend's here. Mm, Like when you show up to a party and you don't really know anyone, but you like wanted to hang out with your friend. Yeah. And that's what they wanted to do. So you just tag along. Yeah. That's the kind of night Pierre's having. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Helene. Helene. Oh, Helene. I fully thought I mentioned this last episode, but for some reason, the way that they describe her in this chapter, I thought that she was like a child it's weird i don't know how old and then she they is were exactly like, talking about like her shoulders and her bosom and i was like okay maybe she's not a kid. <laughs> i was like that's a really inappropriate way to describe a child even in the early 20th century yeah and i was like maybe she's but there was i don't i can't i'll i'll come back with it next episode but there was some line in there where they would like talk about like how she was the women in this chapter are described very childlike. Yeah. Which I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. Like, especially Helene and Lisa. Mm-hmm. But, the yeah, the way that the women are described is very childlike, and their mannerisms are described as, like, with this, like, language that's almost bouncy and, like... Mm-hmm. Like, you know how a toddler moves? Yeah. That's how it feels like they're being described. Yep. Unless they're, like, being objectified in which then they're, like, described as their bare shoulders. Their bare shoulders and exposed bosom. And exposed bosom. Yeah. I feel like there, there's more There's more to be said on that, I yeah, think. Yeah, there is definitely... I just, we just haven't encountered it yet for me to have a full formulated, thought out discussion ready to be had. There is definitely... But it is cooking in my brain. There is definitely an interesting um, relationship between childhood and and womanhood in the way that a lot of the a lot of the marrying age female characters are described i think that there is just an interesting relationship between childhood and womanhood period Ooh. point blank Ooh. but 
that is like not in relation to this book. That is just like in relation to, to being life. being a woman. American woman. I feel like a woman. Man. I feel like a woman. We should get Cher on this podcast. That's not even Cher, <laughs> but I think that I think that Cher should come on this podcast. Rankings. You have to give me a ranking. I do have to give you a ranking. I have to figure this one out. So we'll do the girls this chapter. The ladies. The ladies. So we'll put Anna Pavlovna, Princess Lisa, Liza Bolkonsky, Helene, and Anna Pavlovna's old aunt <laughs> hanging out in the corner. Dude, she's literally just in the... That's crazy. She's in the corner of the whole party. Yeah, she had a relative visiting, and she's not going to leave Everyone her up in the relatives. Room. Everyone's got relatives. Everyone in the relatives. Most to least likely to lick an envelope closed while sealing it. Okay, that was freaky of you to say. That was a freaky choice. Hey, man, just right off the dome. <laughs> right out of this noggin. Um. Okay. The old woman is obviously the most likely to lick it close. Yes. I think that Anna is the least likely because if she's a socialite, she's sending out all these invitations. And what's a girl to do when they have to send out all these invitations Then take a little piece of cloth and wet it in a little bit of water and seal it that way with the piece of cloth so you don't get a paper cut on your tongue? Uh. Yeah. Got a better. She's got a better system. She's got a better system. She. This is. This is not her first rodeo. I think that Helene is the second most likely. Okay. Because she's. Uh no. I think Lisa's doing with her with her downy little. Lisa. I think that Lisa's the second most likely. She's she's the seductress. Seductive with her downy little lip. She's like looking at you from across the bar, and she's gonna. That little little slip of a girl. (laughs) That little slip of a girl. And then Helene's third. Okay, so Aunt, Aunt Lisa, Helene, and is it Helene or Helene? Helene, I believe. Helene and And Anna Pavlovna. Yeah, Anna's got it down pat. The aunt does it because she's old timey, and uh, Lisa's a slip of a girl. Little slip of a girl. What can I say? She's a slip of a girl. (laughs) Okay. Okay, next chapter, Anna, Swa- Anna Pavlovna's soiree continues. <gasps> Gasp, who could have seen it coming? To be continued. To be continued. Bill and Jojo's <laughs>